You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. It does show the sort of strain that the market is under this winter. It's very rare to hear the chief economist of the Bank of England being so frank about Brexit. I think that what's more problematic for policy in the UK is following these basics uh, so that people make decisions on the basis of uh, the full picture. Stephen, I would like to have a small rant. Oh, just a small one. That's a relief. You're listening to Bloomberg UK Politics. I'm Ewan Potts. And I'm Caroline Hepke. Open to business, open for business. I think UK politicians are having a bit of a fight over this uh, catch-all phrase, trying to get the business seal of approval. They've been doing it at Davos. Yeah, they're all there, aren't they? You can see why Labour are excited to do this. They want to be out there meeting business leaders, proving that they are a party of business, and they're you know they've left the Corbyn era behind them. And I guess for the UK government. I guess the UK has something to prove after all those years and years of terrible headlines on the, on the global stage. Well, look, you have to just look at Bruno Le Maire, the French finance minister. Totally blunt. Brexit has been a historical mistake for the UK. Olaf Scholz saying he's still sad about the UK decision to leave the EU. Yeah, I mean, Brexit has generated a, a lot of bad headlines for the UK, hasn't it? And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, we're struggling through here. But on the on the world stage, I think the government wants to say that, you know, things are OK. And please, please, please come here. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, the business secretary, Grant Shapps, has been speaking to Bloomberg's editor at large, Francine Lacroix, uh, in uh, Davos in Switzerland uh, and talking about what his message is. The answer perhaps won't surprise you. The UK very much open for business, attracting record levels of investment. We just saw PwC come out with a report this week that says that the UK is the third most investable country in the world. They're saying more bosses want to come and invest in the UK uh, than almost anywhere else. And that was the message I was delivering to the Confederation of British Business, really kind of getting across this idea that we, we are open for business and we want to scale up Britain. What kind of investment are you trying to attract? Because a lot of the narrative I hear in the corridors is like, is, is the UK in a more stable place now? Well, it's definitely politically more stable. Obviously, we went through some slightly choppier waters, I think it's fair to say. Um, but it's uh, completely stable. Uh, Rishi Sunak has set out his top five priorities uh, for this year, uh, and uh, they include growth. 
which is why I came to flesh that out um, here in Davos. Um, and uh, look, you've got a country that has one of the world's only three trillion dollar tech sectors. There's only America, China, and the United Kingdom. So a lot of that will be in tech, AI, pulling together things like our amazing university sector, uh, uh, but not just that culture, many other areas that the UK has real strengths in. And have you actually had commitment from international companies in putting more money for 2023? And is that also thanks to cheaper pound? Well, I think, um, of course, the pound has strengthened somewhat now, it should be somewhat. said. But, uh, but um, I, I think a lot of these investments are long term, but I've been talking to companies who are, for example, building amazing, um, you know, uh, renewable energy resources in the UK. So the UK, people won't know this. People even in the UK won't know this. But we have the world's biggest uh, offshore wind farm. And we have the world's second biggest and third biggest and fourth biggest. Bloomberg viewers know that. Uh, Bloomberg, of course, Bloomberg would be all over it. But, but m most people won't be aware. And Actually, that's because we've been investing for years, and I've met a lot of people here who want to do even more. So the next set of wind farms are going to be the size of seven football pitches put together in a single yeah. turbine, and 300 yeah. of the turbines next to each other. That's real scale, and that's why we're producing more renewable energy, I think, than any other uh, nation in Europe, and certainly the world's biggest wind farms. Are, are you concerned that actually Labour are slightly dominating with the Keir Starmer, the head of the Labour Party, and also the Shadow Chancellor here, trying to also attract business? Are they, are they the next party for business? No, not really, for two reasons. One, you know, we are, you know, it, it, of course, welcome democracy, that, that's good, it spurs us all on. But, you know, in the end, uh, myself as business secretary and my colleague from the cabinet, uh, Kemi, uh, who is the, the trade secretary, we are the ones in power, right? So we have the ability to actually do things. Secondly, and no disrespect to Sir Keir Starmer, uh, but it's not very long ago that he sat in Jeremy Corbyn's cabinet, the extreme left-wing leader of the Labour Party, and was telling us that he believed everything that Jeremy Corbyn stood for, and that was mainly to trash business. So it's an incredible but, yeah. sort of, uh, you know, conversion if he is here, and I think business is still rather wary of that. You think, as we're hearing otherwise, actually, that, that he is trying to, you know, lure business in preparation well, for sure the next I'm sure he's election. very. I'm sure he's very convincing. He's a lawyer, right, by, by trade, right, and he'll take, pick up a brief and he'll take that brief and he'll turn to it and he'll, he'll deliver it just like any barrister or a lawyer, in his case, can. Uh, and uh, so I'm sure he's very convincing, but I'm not sure if he was able to stand at the last election under the banner of Jeremy Corbyn, who was content to destroy business. And actually, when him and his chancellor, or his chancellor came here once, Corbyn's yeah. chancellor, they came here uh, to, to slate business, to slate British business. You know, Sir Keir Starmer sat in that cabinet applauding it. But, but uh, the polls are not in your favour, sir. Would it not be better that both parties, actually both main parties, are pro-business? Well, look, I, I, look I, I'm very, very happy for... I'm very, very happy for all of us to be pro-business. We are all, all always have been. We've yeah. always been. You know, I started my own printing company 32 years ago when I was 21 years of age. I'm probably the first business secretary for quite some time who actually came from a business did, background. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, that's an experience I've had. I think that it's really important that any government or governments are pro-business. Yeah. And so, of course, I mean, that's, that, you know, that, that, to be welcome. I would just ask whose heart's really in it. So that was Grant Shapps there speaking to Bloomberg's uh, Francine Lacroix. Yeah, interesting that. Uh, this uh, Tory attack that... Um, you know, Keir Starmer is very left-wing at heart. He was 
by Corbyn's side. I, I wonder if this is, is going to stick because, of course, you know, Keir Starmer was part of Jeremy Corbyn's team. But I just feel like that is sort of yesterday's news. Mm-hmm. And Keir Starmer has done enough stuff now to position the Labour Party as a very different party. So I wonder if this attack is going to have any legs. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you hear a one top executive who told Bloomberg, um, no name revealed, that actually the double act of Starmer and his shadow chancellor, Rachel Reeves, surprised to the upside. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Rachel Reeves has Herself, uh, in Davos, also uh, managing to have a bit of a catch up with Francine Lacroix. Uh, some on the left of the party might have found their leader uh, going to the elite gathering distasteful. Rachel Reeves said she didn't agree. It's really important for Kira and me to be here to bang the drum for Britain and to say loud and clear under a Labour government, Britain will very much be open for business. There's nothing that an incoming Labour government can achieve without business playing its part, creating the jobs and the investment that we want to see in Britain. Our business listening. We've had an incredibly receptive response from business uh, today and during our time here in Davos. Many businesses, many investors, as you well know, were shaken by the events of last year and the economic turmoil with the fall in the pound, the rising in borrowing costs, the withdrawal of all those mortgage uh, products. And they want to know from Labour that our plans are built on a rock of financial and economic responsibility, and they are, but also that there is a plan for growth and a deliverable plan for growth because one of the reasons why Britain has been so uniquely exposed to shock after shock, whether it is the COVID pandemic, the uh, Russia's illegal invasion of Ukraine, the cost of living crisis, is because our economy has not grown, has not had the productivity over the last decade or so. Given all of the turmoil that we had in UK politics over the last eight months or so, have business leaders told you that they see Labour now as the party for business? Labour want to say to business that we are proudly pro-business and as I say we want to work in partnership with business to unblock some of those things that are discouraging investment in the UK and holding us back as an economy and that's why we're putting forward our plans for example to make Britain the best place to start and grow a business the review done for Labour by Lord Jim O'Neill our green prosperity plan to help Britain be a global leader in some of the industries of the future from green hydrogen to small modular reactors uh, to floating offshore wind and also to fix some of the mess in the government's Brexit deal, which we know is uh, discouraging some businesses, particularly smaller businesses, from exporting and holding us back as a country. So back home there are strikes rife in the UK. Are are you worried that this will just last on unless they get fair wages or higher wages, even if it's not what they ask, at least much higher than they have now? Anyone in business knows that disputes are only resolved through negotiation and discussion and also a building back of trust. And that trust between the government and so many public sector workers has been uh, undermined by the way they've been uh, treated. You know, a couple of years ago, we were all in Britain standing on our doorsteps clapping the nurses. And the government just this week introduced into Parliament legislation that will make it easier to sack nurses uh, if they take industrial action. That is no way to treat key public sector workers. Uh, Labour wouldn't be um, uh, uh, doing that. And the risk is that that sort of legislation to make it easier to sack public sector workers is only going to make these disputes worse. It's not going to resolve the problems. We understand that the government will hold off 
putting tax cuts in place at the spring budget. Where do you stand on tax cuts? Well, since the last general election in December 2019, we've had more than 20 tax rises from the Conservatives. And they've become a high tax party because they've become a low growth party. And because the money is not coming in through a growing and prosperous economy, they're having to resort to tax increases. I want to grow the economy so we can keep taxes as low as possible, whilst also having money to uh, ensure that our schools and our hospitals are functioning properly. But we saw last year, you can't make unfunded uh, tax cuts. You're not going to get away with it. So, look, the government have got to act within the fiscal constraints uh, that exist in Britain and, and, and elsewhere. I would like to see lower taxes on working people, but you've got to grow the economy if you want to do that. Well, that was Shadow Chancellor Rachel Reeves speaking to Bloomberg uh, at Davos. Yeah, the reception seems to be pretty good for Labour, didn't it? And you do have to wonder, though, of course, when business leaders feel that they look at the opinion polls and they see that another party might be coming into government. <laughs> of course, there is a natural tendency to then kind of chuck their lot in with the other side. So I think you have to be a little bit cautious about people uh, People saying, oh, yes, business in favour of Labour now. I think it's kind of just makes sense doesn't it, to, to well, be in with the, the, the winning side? Yes, of course. Look, for the first time in ages, I heard an, uh, somebody runs a big business, a uh, sizable uh, investment vehicle in the biotech space, talking about it was a personal donation, but how he had donated money to the Labour Party. And he was, uh, he was explaining why he had done that. And in past uh, years, quite some time ago, he donated to Tories. So, yes, you know, business do want to be on, on the right side and want to be engaged mm. with whoever might be in number 10 and number 11. You know success when you see it, or you think you do. The people in the spotlight, athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So, there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.
You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest-growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank. Because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Now, with consumer confidence uh, plunging and uh, retail sales at a miserable December, it is easy to only see the negatives when it comes to the UK economy. But just earlier this morning, I was speaking to Bloomberg senior UK economist Dan Hansen, and he was actually saying that the economic data since the start of this year has been overwhelmingly positive. The surprise to GDP, for example, at the end of 2022. There's no doubt, though, that inflation, the cost of living, they are still huge issues for voters. Joining us now to discuss this and other topics, the Liberal Democrat Treasury spokeswoman, Sarah Olney. Sarah, great to have you here on Bloomberg UK Politics. Look, on the big picture economy, things actually weirdly may not be as bad as we had expected at the uh, end of last year. Things could turn around quite swiftly. What do you think? Hi there. Good morning. Uh, Well, I mean, obviously, uh, any good news is welcome uh, at the moment. But I think, uh, broadly speaking, you know, we've had uh, we've had um, inflation figures out this week. It's still at ten and a half percent, which is one of the highest rates I've seen in my lifetime. And that's having a very real impact on everybody's uh, everyday lives. The cost of living, the cost of, uh, you know, the cost of food in the in the supermarket, the cost of their fuel bills is still very, very high. Um, And I think, you know, we're seeing. Uh, lots of wrangles in the public sector, most of all about um, about wage rises. So I think there's an awful lot that uh, people in their everyday lives are still seeing uh, is going to cause them a, a huge problem over the next year, couple of years. And indeed, we know from the Bank of England that there's likely to continue to be uh, an elevated, uh, you know, uh, mortgage payments for quite a long time to come, uh, and that's going to be, cause huge problems for households up and down the country. 
Is there a case we made that things are looking a lot better than they were a few months ago? Pay, pay rises in the private sector are running at about 7% now. Inflation looks like it's going to come down rapidly. Could the economy turn out to be okay in 2023? <laughs> I th- well, I think we'd definitely settle okay, wouldn't we? Um, I mean, <laughs> I-, I agree with you that some of the uh, some of the signs are uh, perhaps more um, positive than we might have thought. And I think one of the things, of course, is we've actually had a milder winter uh, today and the last few days notwithstanding. We've had a milder winter than we thought, and that therefore has meant that demand for gas has been uh, a bit lower than we might have expected. And that's meant that not just the, the pressure on households, but also the pressure on the government finances when they were, uh, you know, with their plans to kind of underwrite some of the household and business energy bills uh, has been less than we thought. So so there's, there's a definite uh, positive there. But I mean, I think long term, what we're, we're looking at is, is still the government has no real plans for growth. It's hard to see where economic growth is going to come from. And ultimately, that's what we need more than anything uh, mm. in, to, in terms of um, improving household standard of living, the tax take as the nation overall. And I think it's interesting, obviously, you've been uh, reporting from Davos this morning. Yeah. But I know when I'm out and about speaking to business groups in this country, one of the things that they're really worried about is how the UK has gradually over the last few years become a less uh, attractive uh, option for investors, partly mm. because of the um, you know, the huge sort of political upheaval we've seen, particularly over the last 18 months, but going right back to Brexit. And, and uh, there's a failure uh, out there in, in the, the international finance community to really understand what it is that Britain wants to do now that it's, it's left the European Union. I think that's probably shared by a lot of people in this country, to be honest. Um, and I think, you know, unless and until the government can set out a credible plan for growth that people mm-hmm. uh, can, can buy into, it's get, we're going to see continued uh, depressed levels of investment. And as long as yes. we have that, it's hard to see how the economy can recover. Okay. Um, So then talking about Davos, uh, we just heard from um, our interview with Rachel Reeves, who was there. Also, Grant Shapps were there uh, speaking to Bloomberg. Starmer basically was introduced at some of the events at Davos as the likely next prime minister. So if you say there's no plan for growth, is that equally true of the Labour Party? Well, I can't tell you that I have examined the Labour Party's uh, (laughs) economic plans in in detail. I'm not here to speak for the Labour Party. What I can say about the Liberal Democrats is that we think there are three things that are really, really important in terms of getting uh, the, the UK economy back on track. Above all, we need to get a much better relationship with Europe. We need to smooth out some of these issues we're experiencing. We need a um, a resolution to uh, the Northern Ireland Protocol above all. Um, but we ne- we really do need to be building those closer relationships uh, with the European Union. And I'm not ashamed to say that Liberal Democrats would very much want us, at least as a start, to rejoin the customs union and take away some of that, uh, the, you know, the, the, the massive bureaucratic hurdles that we've created for ourselves. We need to invest heavily in the green economy and we need to set the right political um, and strategic priorities in terms of getting to net zero. I know that that's a massive barrier for lots of industries who are really, really keen to make the switch but don't have, uh, you know, a clear view of what it is that the government, how the government plans to get there. And more than anything, we need to be much more coordinated in our approach to the economy. We need a proper industrial strategy that thinks about some of the trade-offs that are going to be needed. So that's what the Liberal Democrats' plan for growth is. Now, you've done some interesting research, digging out some figures on the, uh, the, the, the frankly, massive losses um, from the COVID support scheme. HMRC, though, has said that chasing uh, losses from the scheme is, is not value for taxpayers' money. Do, do, do you disagree with them about that? 
Well, I do. I mean, the, the numbers that we've uncovered, uh, this was um, part of an NAO report that we later looked at in the Public Accounts Committee that I'm a member of, is it was 42 billion of uncollected taxes last year. And I don't think there's anybody who would argue that that, uh, that couldn't make a significant difference to, I mean, certainly, for example, uh, public sector pay, uh, which is causing, uh, you know, the disputes around which are causing such uh, problems at the moment. So I, I can't, I, I don't agree with them at all that it's um, it's not a good use of money. I do accept that HMRC have enormous pressures on their resources. Uh, and certainly what mm. I found from tabling some parliamentary questions is that one of the reasons that they haven't been able to collect all the tax that's owing is because their staff have been redeployed to deal with issues arising from Brexit, for example, or the huge amounts of uh, fraud that we saw around yeah. a lot of the schemes that were launched to support the economy through COVID. Um, and these these are the direct result of government decisions. Uh, and I think it's frustrating that uh, HMRC staff are sort of clearing up government messes rather than focused on uh, on collecting the taxes. Yeah, but I don't, I mean, I remember really clearly, though, watching Jim Harrow, who's the chief executive of HMRC, who rarely speaks publicly, frankly, and he made um, a rare appearance at the start of the pandemic saying that it was absolutely obvious that this massive amount of money that was going to be pumped towards individuals and businesses in the UK was going to be liable to massive fraud. Not sure he used the word massive, <laughs> but the issue is... And this was recognised at the time as well, is that it was necessary in order to prop up the UK economy in the face of a pandemic. It was about speed. It was about getting the cash out as fast as possible. I don't think anyone was arguing against that at the time either. Well, I think the, the point, uh, I don't remember that specific thing that, that he said, but certainly mm. what we found in the Public Accounts Committee since then is that um, because speed was prioritised and getting money out of the door, um, you know, essential checks were basically bypassed. And we found so many examples of businesses that didn't properly exist, you know, being able to claim like very large amounts of money through um, either um, uh, the, the bounce back loans or uh, the furlough scheme. Um, and, you know, just a bit, uh, you know, 24 hours to slow things down by 24 hours and just run some of these businesses that were making these claims through some basic checks we could have saved considerable amounts of money so but that's what i'm saying now that staff are being allocated to trying to track down where some of this money has gone we won't get quite a lot of it back um but you know there were there were some simple things that could have been done that weren't done um that that could have limited some of these losses on the on the uh, wider political situation uh, rachel reeves and keir starmer got a pretty good reception at davos i think it's it's fair to say George Osborne says he he's he's comfortable with the idea of of Starmer and Reeves uh, in power. Uh, are you? Well, I think what the Liberal Democrats feel is that we are very uh, we you know we want to get rid of this Conservative government. They are they are you know <laughs> they're not managing the economy. They've they've crashed the economy. They've they've created. Uh, you know, a situation where millions of people are having to pay more on their mortgages. They are, um, you know, they, 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 they've lied, they've broken the law, they haven't paid their taxes. And when they've been in power, all they've done is is suppress your right to strike, suppress your right to vote, suppress your right to protest. We really want to get rid of this Conservative government. We will be working very hard in those seats that we can, we think we can win, all of which have Tory MPs, to try and in, uh, increase the number of Liberal Democrats in okay. uh, in Parliament next time. Obviously, we hope to have an influence on whatever future government gets formed. But um, I think our priority is to make sure that that's not a Conservative government. Okay. 
A last thought, if you don't mind. Um, we had a kind of shock uh, political resignation yesterday, didn't we? The uh, youngest ever Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern, uh, at the time she was the youngest female leader, stepping down due to what she said, not having enough in the tank either to keep going or to seek re-election. I mean, lots of threads around this. It made a huge impact. Is it burnout? Was it due to abuse that she got in office? She said no. I just sort of wanted, as we've got you on the programme, sir, to ask your view <laughs> as a woman in politics. What did you take away from that? Well, I mean, it's fascinating, isn't it? And I, yes. I you know, I suppose my, my first impression was if only some of our recent political leaders had had <laughs> that same degree of self-knowledge to know that their time had come to uh, <laughs> to step down. But I mean, I I think it's interesting. And obviously, lots of people are thinking, well, is, it, is this, is this a, you know, is it gendered? Is it because she's a woman that she's made that uh, decision and obviously um you know she's got very young children and it's something i reflect on a lot because i i have children as well and you're always wondering you know are you striking the right balance um but um so i just i just i mean she's always been done things in a very distinctive style um and i think uh, you know we're just seeing a continuation of that i don't follow new zealand politics closely but there's obviously a strong suggestion that her party are going to lose power uh, at the next election. And it could just be that she has made that decision that maybe they'll have a better chance yes. if there's a different leader. Um, but again, sure. that's, a, that's a level of self-knowledge that our political leaders aren't, uh, aren't capable of. So all I can say is I, I, I admire her for doing things her way, uh, as, I, as I always have done. Sarah, thank you so much for being with us. Yes, I think it's a very uh, interesting event that got a lot of people thinking about what it means to be a politician, a career in politics. Yes, was it just the political calculation influencing that decision. Sarah Olney, the Liberal Democrat Treasury spokeswoman, thank you so much for your time. Bloomberg UK Politics. Listen weekdays at noon on DAB Digital Radio in London. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.